Hi, Sponsor Cheap Pops, you're on the air. Hi, Sponsor Cheap Pops, ladies and gentlemen, we're back after almost a week. In fact, buddy, Tony, I think it's over a week since you and I have conversed about professional wrestling. And what a week and a half we have had. And we're going to start out right now. We're going to talk about The Rock. Yeah, we're going to talk about Seth Rollins. We're going to talk about Cody Rhodes. And of course, my tribal chief, Blotty's tribal chief, your tribal chief, Roman Reigns, who quite frankly was the fourth least interesting character. And now that all four have been laid out, probably the fourth most least interesting character involved as we go towards WrestleMania 40, Vladi, in Philadelphia, my backyard. I will be there, Vladi. I think you might even be there, too, to celebrate the fall of the Roman Empire. And Seth Rollins has started to lay out the groundwork of that happening. Gosh, Vladi, I am super excited about what we're about to see between the four men that I just mentioned, The Rock, Roman Reigns, Cody, and, of course, Seth Rollins. Really? I'm shocked. It seems like you hardly thought about this. No, I'm super excited about it. Well, we start tell, with, man. We could start with the with the press conference, Vladi. You, you know, last week we were both talking, and I yeah. said, Cody's walking out of WrestleMania 40 with that title somehow. We didn't know how they were going to get there. I was saying some magic stupid shit. And they simply had Cody say, no, I'm picking Roman. Fuck off. Which is the best thing they could have done. I mean, it, it was, uh, it, it's what they had to do. And they were just like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to pivot right here and do what the fans want. Give us our Daniel Bryan moment without teasing us about it. And they treated us like adults about it. And honestly, that press conference was great. I, like, it was a great presentation. And I got to tell you. The whole main event part of it with, you know, with uh, Roman, Heyman, The Rock, um, Seth, and, and Cody especially. When The Rock brought out that uh, family tree, the bloodline, like, it gave you the, like, basically the lineage there. When I saw that, I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, he's going, <laughs> like, he's going heel rock because you know he means business if he's bringing a PowerPoint presentation with him. And by the way, Vlad, I have to admit, three of those people on that tree actually have trained me how to wrestle. So kiss my yeah. asshole, Marks. I hate calling people Marks. Just kidding. <laughs> you, you're using their language against you. Fuck them. But anyway, yeah, but anyway, go ahead. It's amazing. But, but it really was but, respectful that Rock did that, and he said you will respect it, which was a good pivot point to what happened and and you know what like look at what wwe and and tko has done they've they've literally said this is the most important family in professional wrestling versus i don't know which one was there before just i don't know seven like seven days previous there was i I don't know i think they were called the mcmahons like that's what i think they went by there is that was the best said dusty rose was that was the best. I thought that was a great like zinger by Roman the way he threw that at him. I didn't and I didn't expect anything anything like uh, anti Dusty at that moment, and he just went went right for the throat. So um, yeah, I, I thought it was a great like entrance into this where into WrestleMania season where Cody changed his mind 
we he, they even haven't even felt the need to explain it because he was like, ah, I'm going to get my finish my story, but not at WrestleMania. And he's able to walk it back without any questions. So um, having Seth out there also, this is something we talked about in pre-production, is sort of the icing on the cake and really ties it up beautifully. So there's a lot of interweaving webs here. And I think it's great. I don't think anybody saw Seth Rollins being part of this end of story. And I have always had a gripe. And I always had a thing in the back of my head. Cody needs to beat Roman, but Seth needs... The fact that Seth was the one guy who, A, has carried the company more so than anybody. Because don't forget, Cody lost a lot of time because of his of his pectoral injury. Yeah. Where Seth Rollins... In three losses, became more beloved by the crowd. He changed his song and he started the chance. And then it Seth Rollins became a babyface just because he was such a good wrestler, and he was so good at getting other people over. And the crowd eventually will respond and love you for it. And so Seth did that, but in the process of being this ridiculous, almost stupid evil man. I don't know what he was going for initially when he's cackling the entire time and being silly and being dumb and breaking into Edge's house and just being nothing crazy. But what he did in ring at the time was incredible. One of my favorite matches of 2022 was Seth and and Edge, I believe. It might have been even 2021, actually. Going back, wow. And then you come... No, I'm sorry. Yeah, it it was 2021. And then Seth couldn't get into WrestleMania. And then, okay, we finally have a guy for you to wrestle at WrestleMania. Vince told him that as a matter of fact. Yeah. Who? Yeah, exactly. And then that started an 0-3 stretch he had with Cody culminating in Hell of the Cell, culminating with Cody doing it with one of the most grotesque injuries in the history of the business. In a main event on a pay-per-view, Cody said, I belong as a top-tier talent. That's what he did. And Seth said, I've been a top-tier talent, and I should be one of the two or three people on top now because look what I can do. I can make a guy with a torn peck look like Superman. And then the crowd started liking Seth even more and more and more because of the effort he was putting in. And nobody liked the cackle. No one likes me. I'm Seth Rollins. (laughs) No one gives a shit that he dresses like his, his wife. Nobody. They literally swapped gimmicks. In the middle of 2023 somewhere. Not sure what happened. <laughs> Maybe it was they looked at each other's closets. They're like, wow, the answer's right in front of us. <laughs> there you go. You should be the man. And I'll be who dresses like you. <laughs> but either way, Seth comes out. And I have so much respect who Seth Rollins is. Because, damn it, dude. He was the guy... And he, and a guy by the name of Dean Ambrose, I have no idea what happened to him. Who the hell is that? He probably started stabbing himself in the face on national television. Anyway. A lot of people are probably watching that, right? But but you have he, you have Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, obviously. You have Seth Rollins, and then you have Roman Reigns. And you have this moment where they created something that will never be recreated again. And all three of them became folklore. Then you have one of the greatest heel turns ever 
Seth Rollins on the Shield. You have the greatest cash-in, Seth Rollins cashing in on Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Who are these people? I don't want to demonize. Look, Brock Lesnar didn't kill his family. We shouldn't give him Chris Benoit status yet. I'm just putting it out there. And I don't, this Benoit, what the hell? I don't understand who these people you're talking about. Exactly. But, but the fact remains is Seth Rollins has been every bit of WWE and more so than anybody else has been the last decade. He's been incredible. He Man. had a WrestleMania moment against Roman Reigns where Roman was going to beat him. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Triple H had to step in, and that's one of the most least memorable WrestleMania yeah. main events ever. I know because I fell asleep during it right next to you, and we were cuddling. Well, you know. But Seth Rollins was the one piece of this Roman Reigns puzzle of Cody beating that was never tied up, never put a bow on. And we haven't seen a booker pay attention to details like that in a long time. And what does WWE do? Cody can be on his way to face the bloodline. We're going to see Rock and Roman Reigns on Friday. We're going to see Paul Heyman. We're going to see the whole thing. Cody is going to have some massive promo battles with both Roman and, and even Paul Heyman and The Rock. I mean, think about those four people going back at it. Oh, and by the way, we're going to have a Rock-Roman promo, too. They're not going to be simpatico going 100% going into WrestleMania. More on that, in my opinion, later. But what we have right now is Seth Rollins comes out and tells Cody, there's one man, and I love this moment. He says, what's your plan? And who is the one man on this planet who can plan to beat Roman Reigns? Seth Rollins had a plan against Roman Reigns in Royal Rumble 2022. He said, I'm going to make him snap and I'm going to make him make a mistake or he's going to get disqualified and make me the winner. The one man who put a one on underneath the L column in Roman Reigns during this historic run has been Seth Rollins. He needs to be part of this. Now, he doesn't have to beat Roman Reigns because he told you why. He has made his title, in his mind, the most dominant title in this industry. He has said he is the champion. He's the man. But Cody needs to finish his story. And now the anger that Seth has for putting in being the workhorse that he has been, carrying person after person after person through this roster, through injuries, whether it be Edge or Cody Rhodes, Seth has been the man. And he's also the only man to beat Roman. So when he comes out and says he's frustrated because of the way Roman has conducted himself while he's been the better champion, but Roman's still getting the more money, you know Roman's rivalry with, with Seth is now getting to him. And Seth wants to prove that he's the best champion. And what's one way to do it? A, I'm going to be the one who still has a championship after WrestleMania. And two, I'm going to be the one man of the shield who's walking out of WrestleMania with a championship. And three... I'm going to redeem myself because I'm the reason that Roman is the piece of trash that he is. And also, he's the one man that can pull it off because he's the one man who dropped in a one underneath the L. This is one of the most incredible twists to this story you could think. 
and it's beautiful. Now you're talking like this is almost like one of these big box office movies that we watch. We get lost in. When I start thinking about Seth Rollins being the Han Solo to Luke Skywalker, which is Cody Rhodes. And you know what? To add on to your uh, Han Solo analogy, I think Sami Zayn would make for a great Chewbacca. Yeah, I don't know if you watch Star Wars. So, and I'm sorry to go on so much, but this to me is a game changer in what the end of the uh, end. This is the beginning of the end of the Roman Empire. And it ends with the rock being the cause of the bloodline breaking up as we know it. And we're looking at the rock and Roman main eventing WrestleMania 41. And what do we do? I don't know how we get there. I don't know if we get there via the uh, WrestleMania 14 finish where the rock would essentially be to Mike Tyson. Or is there a moment where the rock says to Roman, you have to win this on your own solo comes down and rock says, no, he's got to do it on his own. And solo walks away saying that Roman was never really the real head of the table. Was he? There's a lot of ways they can go about it. But the fact that Seth Rollins will be one of the people sticking the dagger into the throat of the Roman empire, as we know, it is a beautiful thing. And I have never been more confident that Roman Reigns is going to lose his championship come WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia, the place he got booed. In 2015, when his very own cousin, The Rock, was holding his hand up high, we know Roman Reigns has memories in Philadelphia. It will be a house of horrors once again, and we know the end of the Roman Empire comes to fruition, and Paul Heyman will go be an advocate. I heard that uh, Braun Breaker uh, needs one. But that's how I feel about that. Seth Rollins being part of this is the most appropriate, best thing I've seen because he is the only one to be able to say he did that. And he's always been able to beat Roman in big spots, left and right. His first championships off of Roman, his first match back to beat Roman when he was going for the spear, hit him with the pedigree. Seth Rollins owns Roman, always has, and until... Further recourse always will. And Roman knows that. And so Seth now is the shield for Cody Rhodes. It is absolutely freaking brilliant. One of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. And if this is the end of the Roman Empire, this has been brilliantly done. And that's why The Rock said, wait, because I think The Rock is turning babyface at WrestleMania because he wants Roman to earn it. A couple of throwbacks, man. This is the end. I think Triple H is so... They're so good. These minds. You have Triple H and Paul Heyman working together for Christ's sake. Lottie, there's gonna be a, they might you're right. But there might be a couple of throwbacks. Yeah, there's gonna go they're gonna have an allegiance, almost like the Avengers fighting the bloodline. The only person missing is gonna be the Finn Ballard demon who had God <clears throat> hate him so much where he lost where he pulled the ropes from him. I forget who booked that match, but they probably don't exist any longer. Was it Brock Lesnar or was it Chris Benoit? I, I forget. See again, you, I, these names they 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 escape me. Um, but yeah, like getting to what um, is going on and what we have approaching to WrestleMania. Do you think Rock wrestles at all during WrestleMania week weekend? I'm sorry. There's two things I'm thinking. One of them is that you're going to see a tag team match which, and, on uh, that might even headline night one. Might be Rock, Roman, Rock Roman, thinking. Seth, and Cody night one. 
And there's and a then, stipulation. And what's your stipulation, Bob? Rock, maybe two special referees, Triple H and Rock. Um, I think they might do something like that. I really, and, and honestly, you know what? There's a lot of things that are going to happen in that match because we all know there's going to be interference on the bloodline. And it's all about how The Rock reacts to it. And furthermore, what's the reason he does it? He, You're saying he's going to go and become face, but he, if he does it in a certain way, he might become more of a heel and make Roman the sympathetic sort of figure. I don't know. I think The Rock wants to be president in a couple of years, so he's probably going to want to. I, I don't think he's. they're going to be booking this in accordance to his like electoral. Thing. I don't think so either. But no, I, I think Roman's the scumbag right now. Roman's. By the way, did you notice one thing? But who's Roman been most, is who's this, been the most irrelevant of conversation since that press conference? It's been Roman. Right. He's the second fiddle. So it's like for to even him be called the scumbag, what we saw in front of us in that press conference was an allegiance was born through, you know, these two grandfathers that had a blood oath together. So basically this is overruling all, but even though Roman's, you know, the head of the table, the rock still has yet to claim what exactly he is. And if he goes full corporate rock and starts playing God and, and you saw it in Seth Rollins's um, a promo Monday. He's he's annoyed. He, he doesn't like the fact that this is rising. Yeah, I think you're going to see that tag team uh, match headline because Triple H also made mention to like WrestleMania one had a tag team main event, so they can actually provide that to us. Yeah. By the way, when he said that, you love when Roddy Piper got the best reaction out of all four people in that main event. Oh yeah, yeah, that was beautiful. Um. But, yeah, you can have that, or do you have Seth Rollins? Because Seth also, by the way, oh, by the way, is going to have a championship match that night against somebody who either L.A. Knight, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, see if I can know, Kevin Owens, Logan Paul, or Bobby Lashley. I am assuming on the Logan Paul, Kevin Owens, in terms of who they're fighting. I can't see Dominic Mysterio being this, nor can I see whoever's fighting Logan Paul. I forget who it was. Um, so this elimination chamber is stacked. So Seth is going to have that. Now you think Drew McIntyre is going to be the winner of this elimination chamber, which is a great pick. Uh, I'm wondering now with some of the things that happened with Sami Zayn, if Drew McIntyre and Sami Zayn aren't headed for a WrestleMania match. And also I'm wondering AJ Styles needs to get even with LA Knight somehow. If that's not going to be a WrestleMania match, which would disappoint me because I really wanted LA Knight to face now Logan Paul for the United States Championship. But what we can have is Seth still can get beat up and hurt, and he was going to be the one shield of Cody, and then Cody's not going to have that shield going into that match with Roman. And then Roman, and then maybe The Rock is actually in Roman's corner. And then The Rock stops members of the bloodline to come in to help him because Roman needs to do it on his own cord if he wants to be the real head of the table. That could happen, too. And, but we'll see. Uh, those, you're, saying so many... night, you're saying the main event night too, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Where Rollins might not be able to compete because he already had it. This is the problem. If you have the tag team match, when does Rollins defend his title? It would have to be the night of Cody and Roman defending their title. Or yeah, Cody he, and Roman. He, 
he can open it up. He can open up the, the, the next night. He could 100%. But he can, but that's where and you even open maybe the cooler part. Maybe whoever he wins, maybe he wins. I think Seth Rollins might be going out as champion at a WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Now, at this point, if he's going to be part of that, he's maybe get Cody's corner. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have two. Oh, God. You're going to have two baby face champions, I think, you know, and it's and it's going to be Seth and and Cody who work together um, to go and basically burn down the Roman Empire with, you know what, the Rock is going to be involved in some level for sure. And then you set uh, up next. Act. Yeah. Then you set up next yeah. year with Roman and Rock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that splits off the bloodline story to be more internal, but they'll be involved otherwise with, you know, like the Jimmy's, the solos and maybe Jacob Fatu will be involved here, too. Never know. You never know. But it, I just love the fact that Seth Rollins is a big part of this because that's what was needed to put a bow. And that's why I think we know we're getting a bow at WrestleMania 40 if Seth Rollins is throwing his hat in there because that was the one loose end we have. Real loose end. You could say, well, what about Finn Balor? Who cares? He's the third or fourth most relevant member of Maybe a B plus faction at best. So I don't want to hear any crap. Tell me when I'm telling lies, Vladdy. Or not. I don't think you were telling lies. So what would you want me to tell you? Well, it just was awkward. It was silence. Well, now it's more. I was, I was I was embracing your smugness. So I was like, oh, that's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> so, you know, you interrupted me embracing that. So now I'm annoyed at you. Well, if you want, <laughs> you want to talk CM Punk, get more annoyed with me. No, I'm just joking. And tell me how great he was during the conference. Oh, I thought he was one of the, my favorite parts about it. Dude, he was awesome. It's oh. like his that's his wheelhouse, man. He's awesome yeah. at that. Behind the microphone is his wheelhouse, 100%. It's definitely not in the ring. I give you, and then I take it away, CM Punk. Not that I think of you ever. It's. I didn't think about him too much last week. Not going to lie to yeah, you. Yeah, because you were like, you're, uh, you're enjoying pleasuring yourself to, uh, to DM Hunk. He's been great, too. How good has Drew McIntyre been? He's awesome. He's so good. He's so good. He even told he dude, he even warns people, like, leave me alone. Don't don't fuck with me, or I'm gonna beat you up. And so people fuck with him, and then he goes beats him up, and then he's like, I told you I was gonna do it. What the hell? You're blaming me now. Keep your name out of my mouth. We'll be fine. Cody. Cody. <clears throat> all, all Cody had to do is tell everybody he was picking Roman in that moment. And Drew was like, come on, Cody, you have to finish your story. He was passionate. He really wants Cody to finish the story. I have never been more moved by anybody since perhaps, perhaps Steve Gutenberg on Police Academy 3. Wow. Which is incredible. I mean, some people, some people want to went to Nero and like Deer Hunter or, you know, like, uh, Jeez. I don't like violence. I like deers uh, too. Why would I want to see deers getting killed? Yeah, it's not Bambi. It's more of a movie about the Vietnam War, but that's for another conversation in another place. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. 
Well, I had to make it a shitty cat. I had to make it a shitty actor for the joke to play, right? I couldn't say <laughs> De Niro. that shitty. Still got war. He's still he's still making an impact. People love Steve Gutenberg. Please count me three is the worst of the first four. Easily. And the first four are the only ones with Steve Gutenberg. Those are the only ones that really count to most people's eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When he drops out of the franchise, he don't keep on counting. No, you stop. I mean, had police did like police academy. Tackleberry gets his balls cut. It's weird. Um, but and moving on, Vladdy Dottie, to some other other things in the wrestling business. We have a situation with Tony Khan. He sent me a quote earlier today. Yeah, I have the quote right here, so we could just uh, talk apples to apples. Uh, quote unquote, I think right now is the best AEW has been in quarter one, 2024 going into revolution. It's an exciting time for the wrestling business. That's sort of a broad stroke. He took there. That mean, I mean, WWE is going gangbusters. Is he including them? It's smart. Um, no, that's exactly what he was including, but there's a lot of yeah. things that happen around WrestleMania. So I get that. Yeah. He's definitely coattailing though. If anyone's wondering. Yeah. 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 He's like, yeah, he's dragging behind him a little bit. And uh, there are a lot of crazy things happening. <laughs> yeah. I would agree with that statement. And it's a really important time in wrestling for a variety of reasons. Some things outside of wrestling that are bigger than wrestling, but for us, we're doing the best wrestling we've, ever done an AEW right now. And that was Tony Khan via something called the Sports Grid. So, yeah, when I read that, especially the last statement, to go, that's a very bold statement to me because you and I pretty much watched AEW in its entirety from its inception. And right now, especially with Max being out, whatever you want to label the the Undisputed Kingdom and what's going on there, um, and other random things I could just throw at you right now. I don't really associate what's going on right now as like, wow, this is a great era in AEW. I think we're far from it. Um, there are some bright spots, but we're still far from it overall. So I think Tony was sort of talking out of his ass a little bit there, uh, tying a nice bow on his product. And honestly, there's there's a situation going on where you're going to have a conglomerate of streaming services and uh, basically come into one as a sports service. And I believe it's ESPN, uh, um, what you call it, uh, Time Warner. And there's another company that are all basically joining and it's going to be mainly focused on sports. Well, you know what? That to me is a great sign for Tony, all things considered. If he can get on there, and become part of the actual streaming service. A one, the library is something now that they have what? How many years? Of five, almost six years now. No, over five. Yeah, we're five. Five years. So, okay, so five years worth of a library. Plus, if they actually go and include the pay per views in the streaming service, they will get many more eyes on this product. They also have Ring of Honor rights as well. Bingo! More to the library. So that's it. Makes all the sense that land on this. But for Tony to go and say, hey, this is the best we've ever been, I call bullshit. It's not, you know, but this is the reality, is that he has made a conscious effort to make professional wrestling entering stuff be very important. And he's made an effort to make people who aren't household names try to put spotlight on them. Um, I feel like he's the do-gooder. 
and he's trying to do the best he can to, to make the people he likes happy and the people who think are good people happy. Sky Blue's on TV every week. <laughs> I still don't know why she turned heel and then she got shit sprayed in her face. Right? Um, we see Daniel Garcia. Oh, he's super over. He's super amazing. Is he? Not really. I don't think so. I really don't. And I had someone argue with me today. AEW fans think he is the next Shawn Michaels or the next Bret Hart. I don't know what they think of this kid. I don't see it. No. He puts on bangers. Every wrestler on national television at one point or another has put on a banger. And there are a lot of people who could put on bangers every time they go out there. And certainly better than Daniel Garcia. So I don't get why he's so popular. The irony of this whole thing, Vladi, about Daniel Garcia, and I want to pick on Daniel Garcia real quick. <laughs> oh, we don't really care about sports entertaining. We don't like entertaining. We want in-ring performing. No one gave a flying shit about Daniel Garcia until he started dancing. Right. Period. No matter if he was in a match with Brian Danielson or whatever, until he and started that him. dance, the crowd did not react. You can say he was great and all the matches he had was all cute. You, nobody reacted until he started this, whatever the fuck that is. Like he's Jersey Shore. Okay, cool. Uh, he has personality, you see. He's a dancer. The. the <laughs> You know That's what awesome. I mean? Like, I, I don't I don't understand that aspect. Um, but he, he loves Daniel Garcia. So did these people did these same people love Fandango? I must ask. They probably hated they, they hated That's Fandango. the thing. Yeah. Right. So here you go. Daniel Garcia is a better wrestler than Fandango, isn't he? And Prince Nana to me gets the pass because he's a wrestler. He's I'm sorry, he's a manager. Swear when I see Swerve and Nana come out, this is what I see. I see it's like almost like uh uh, which we call it, uh, Flavor Flav and uh, Chuck and Chuck D. You know, and that's where I'm like, wow, okay, there's a there's a presence here with Swerve just being like the calm of this crazy storm. And I actually hope Nana doesn't turn on him. I know you mentioned it, and you can kind of see the writing on the wall, but I hope they don't. I kind of like him being there, especially with Swerve being the babyface. But I digress. I'm just I'm just going out there. You know, it's what I kind of hope happens. Well, I mean, at the end of the day here, AEW has a lot of matches on Collision, even Dynamite now, and certainly Rampage, where they're inconsequential. It's a medium, mid-carder, top mid-carder, main eventer against someone who is a lower mid-card or even an indie indie guy who no one ever heard of, or maybe some guy from Mexico we never heard of, or maybe from from Japan, like an Ishii, a good mid-card Japan wrestler. And that's who Ishii is. He's not a main eventer. If anyone knows anything about New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ishii is a mid-carder. And he's been so for 99% of his career. So that's who you want to bring in, mid-carders from other countries that people don't know. Okay. And they lose. They have these great, awesome matches, just like uh, just like Suzuki. 
comes in. Suzuki is like 0-97 against great wrestlers because he's a mid-carter in New Japan. You bring in, and only people who know about New Japan knows who he is and feels the mystique. And you know what? If they don't, they change the fucking channel because they don't understand how a 195-pound, 55-year-old Japanese man can compete with a 29-year-old, 250-pounder who can kill him. Because they don't know the mystique behind this man. And I'm sorry, only 10 or 15 minutes every three months doesn't tell you who Minoru Suzuki is. I get New Japan. I watch New Japan. I understand. But I also understand who someone who's never watched New Japan. Why is Minoru Suzuki going 20 minutes with Will Hobbs? Or Brian Danielson even? Why? It makes no sense to us because we don't know who he is. And so that's the reality. We see our favorite guys who we think are awesome struggling to beat people we never heard of or people I don't know that well or people who are mid to low mid carters. You're elevating these people and you're making your top stars look like bitches. And not only that, the top stars always win. So you're at the end of the day, they're the, the little mid carter's still lost. They're not getting better. Your guys are getting weaker. And the big thing is all of these matches, big word, are inconsequential. They are inconsequential. They don't have any repercussions. Eddie Kingston beating Ishii, especially there's no title on the line, means nothing. It's just the way it is. Yep. And you have that. Or maybe it's this new guy. He's a bounty hunter. He's a bounty hunter. From the Old West. Looks like an from extra from West. Django. Okay. Might have been the inspiration. It, I'm sure it was. But the reality is... What? Why is he going 20 minutes with one of your top stars? I never heard of this guy. Oh, well, you're just a stupid mark and you only like popular. No, dude. I want to care about the matches. And every time one of these jerk offs show up on TV that I never heard of, they lose. They always put up the best little fight. They always do everything they can to win. Oh, they always tap out or get pinned every single time, except for action Andretti. And how did that work out? He's over like Rover. Nobody gives a shit about him either, Vadi. So no. that's the problem with the booking that he's gone with the last five weeks. That's the problem. The matches don't mean jack shit. And I don't care about people grinding their teeth when they're 15 year veterans on national television. I want to care about why they're fighting. And if I don't care, I don't watch. And congratulations for AEW for pulling 400,000 people, 405,000 people on Saturday night. Big win. It's 40% higher than the week before. That's like me saying, hey, I only lost $4,000 this week. Last week, I lost $16,000. The, the product is becoming 
other than the sycophants who will love them no matter what, who will scream and yell about WWE being too much entertainment and too much based in bullshit, yet still scream when some 145-pound man puts his hands in his pockets. Those people, <laughs> the gatekeepers of AEW who call everyone a stupid mark who's there says anything against them, those are the people who are going to continue to keep that glass ceiling on that company from ever being anything but a speck of dust on WWE. Oh, the best wrestling's in AEW. The very best wrestling. When AEW is at their best, mano to mano, it's better than a Roman Reigns match. Okay. 100%. But jerk off from the indies I never heard of versus some luchador who botches every time he goes off the ropes is not as good as anything the New Day or Imperium are going to do. Okay, that's your mid card. My mid card, if I'm a WWE fan or if I'm watching WWE, the mid card, the matches in between the big stars being there, they make sense. It's Gunther. That's He's the gonna, name I was going to say. Gunther. Gunther's doing some incredible shit. There's nobody on AEW's roster that is good as Gunther is right now. Nobody. You're Except right. for Brian Danielson when he's wrestling in New Japan. Oh, or Kenny Omega when he's wrestling in New Japan when he was healthy. Or John Moxley when he's wrestling in New Japan. No. So I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> That's the reality. I, you know, Tony Khan is making a conscious decision to make this a sports-based thing where the wrestling is a big part. You know why? Because he doesn't have to has no he has no responsibility in that. Oh, I'm really good. Let me put Queen Amanada versus whoever's going to beat her this week. <laughs> this woman has been on TV for two months, and she's gotten beaten every single time. And I'm supposed to think she's good. And, I'm sp- yeah, and by nah, the way, I never heard of her prior, and everyone struggles to beat her. Who is benefiting from that booking? It makes no sense. Use your brain. And that's why... Oh, oh, by the way, Vladi, they sold 5,000 tickets for the show that they literally announced Sasha Banks was going to be there on without announcing her. And that's a flex. You sold 5,000 tickets? I remember when the EVPs of this company and the future face of WWE for the next two months said, we're going to put 10,000, we're going to put 10,000 butts in seats. 5,000 is a flex now. That's your flex. And you want to compete with WWE. The other thing about that is your crowd's not loud. Half the crowds in AEW don't give a crap. Yeah, the young bucks screaming and doing everything that they can, banging chairs and doing whatever they can. And some rando comes out you think is going to get a big pop. And no one's like, the crowds aren't loud either in AEW like they were three or four years ago. Yeah. Go back and watch AEW Dynamite three years ago. The crowd, it's palpable how much louder they were. I'm an AEW fan. I'm not trying to be a dick here. All you no dick detected. And that's the way I feel. So Tony can say that all he wants. He is shying from his responsibilities of being an actual booker. So get someone in there who won't. And I hope Scott Diamore is available, and I hope they bring him in, because maybe he can be a shining part of what Tony can do. 
and separate. I saw something that they they added like Ricky Romero to the office or something. I didn't I didn't know what you thought. I don't really know his background. I figured you would know best. I don't I don't know if you're impressed with that or not. No, probably not. Okay, no. All right, I don't know. I'm impressed with that. Fuck Ricky Romero, dude. He helped Guido out in New Japan, and he's worked on Ring he's, of Honor stuff. He's a connection to New Japan, is what I, the way I took it. Yeah. So what? You don't have enough connections with New Japan. <laughs> Rocky Romero is not changing the way that shit's booked. You think Rocky Romero is gonna gonna tell Tony, "Look, you can't have Chris Jericho shoot fog to everybody tonight," or you can't have, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. that was a Fozzy show, not. I don't. I don't think the Rocky Romero thing's a big deal at all, Vladdy. I don't know. Okay. But I don't. No, no, know. I just wonder. He's, you know, he's uh, smart and he's a good dude, but he's not a game changer by any right. stretch. Okay. So, yeah, but like he needs uh, a game changer. Tony needs a game changer in there. Yeah. He needs a, a William Regal, <laughs> or he needs a Brian Danielson with balls. <laughs> <laughs> Which does that exist? Uh-huh. You know, he definitely doesn't need Matt Nick Cassie, which is their real names. Yeah, which brings us to that. What are your thoughts on that? I actually love what the, this is the most interesting they've been in three years. So good job, guys. Joy to be relevant. Good job, young bucks. Let's see if you can keep it up. Let's see if you right. can do it for more than a couple of weeks. Because you haven't been very good lately, have you? Nah, you've been garbage for two and a half years. So, this, honestly, Vladi, I'm on fire right now. I'm pissed off. Vladi, I actually like what they did. Now, I don't like what they did in terms of whatever. I think they could have been done a lot better. But I like that they are jerk-offs. And I like that they went a lot more vicious than you would think. And I like that they attacked Sting in the way they did because it gets me to care. And I hope at the end of this, there's a blood war between FTR and the Young Bucks. We have wanted it and needed it for four years now. Give us the blood feud. With the Bucks going over at the end, of course, because they are EVPs. Yeah, but I think so it's interesting. I think it's it's better than what they've been doing. I'll say that for. Them. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it was. Uh, I like the whole symbolism where they had the weight, the weight uh, suits, and they just get bloodied up. Of course, it's almost like a scene out of American Psycho. I think they even did a match in those suits, anyways. Afterwards, yeah, on uh, Friday. So sort of, they they yeah, try to so, tell the story that it's a fr- that the show's on Friday. And then they wore the same suit like an hour later, like in real time. So, <laughs> a little, little continuity issues there. Um, Again, details, which we talked about earlier in the show with Triple H and WWE. And then we talk about those yeah. douchebags. Yeah. And then the, the details are totally missing uh, the equation there. So, like, but yeah, I'm with you. Like, I want to see where they go from here with this. How does FTR fit in? trying to keep an open mind because I said, hey, this is exactly what they should have done. I said that a few weeks ago where they proclaimed you know, them coming back as EVPs and it seemed like they're going to be swarmy bitches about yeah. it too. So, But they're going to still need a heater or something, man. I don't know who's going to be a part of that. Um, I don't know if it's a hangman situation, which I kind of hope not, but 
Well, not to be a dick, wouldn't it be a lot cooler if they were the tag team in Adam Cole's little faction right now? Wouldn't it make a lot more sense about them, that other team, that that, that faction that apparently is going to be a big deal, the Undisputed Era 3.0? Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't it be cooler if Wardlow was their heater? And Adam Cole's their boy coming back since since Kenny's might retire? Right, right. And that's the thing. And so, so they're propping him up, even though he's coming out there in a wheelchair and pissing and moaning about Chuck from uh, Best Friends being injured. That that was. I don't even know it. That was so stupid. Right. I just I just can't. I look. Undisputed Era has never been that good, folks. They ran a developmental company. Period. Great. They've never been great. Nobody outside of Adam Cole has ever been a game changer in their careers. Sorry. You can get over. Matt Taven. Matt Taven was a fucking Ring of Honor world champion. The guy's I don't I honestly, up until a couple weeks ago, couldn't tell the difference between him and Solo and Solo from QT Marshall's oh, faction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they look the same, the same guy. They wrestle the same. It's dorky. I'm done. I don't know if they wrestle the same. That's a lot. But it just you know, like the undisputed <clears throat> error, you can tell they're gonna try to make them this like ridiculous faction and it's just there's been 17 factions in the history of AEW that blow these jerk offs away and yep. so to your point yeah they would be great to have a heater it'd be great if it was Wardlow and it'd be great if Adam Cole was part of that equation that, that, yeah. that you couldn't want a more you couldn't want a better faction you really couldn't in terms of badness if you have or in terms of evil shitty factions. You got your big heater, you got your number one guy in Adam Cole, you got your number one tag team. There you go. And they have the corporate stroke. That writes itself. But they didn't yep. go that way. They had undisputed 3.0. Great. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's uh, definitely the way they should have went. Uh they could even um got Adam Cole like a an all white uh, wheelchair and wheeled them out there after they kicked the shit out of Sting. Um, I got to say this, man. It was good to see Sting win a title in this federation. I really wish he had won one sooner. And I know they say, oh, he didn't want to do it. He want to do it. But again, Sting, what's best for business and what's best for your legacy here? What's best for the company? Blah, blah, blah. And again, you know, they, they, you know, Tony's like, okay, Sting, you don't have to win it. Okay. Okay, Brian, you don't have to win it. You know, like, yeah. seriously, have them win it. By the way, uh, speaking of Brian, and you're right. Brian Danielson and Sting, congratulations to Sting, too, but it's long overdue. Yeah. He and Darby, we talked about it maybe a year ago. He and Darby should have been yeah. vying for the tag team titles, certainly before Big Bill and Ricky Starks, which put a big zero of, of complete, ridiculously unwarranted and unneeded title reign that did nothing for either man, except put a little like thing on their resume. Oh, tag team champion now. And they're both super as, talented, by the way. It's not their fault. I would go as far as saying even Darby and uh, Darby and Sting, even before uh, Keith Lee and Swerve. 100%. Those were shoehorned. Big Bill, Ricky Starks, yeah. and Keith Lee and Swerve were shoehorned. You build yeah. this whole thing up with Sting and Darby. No, they should have won these tag titles th- three, four months ago. 
And they should yeah. have had these matches of them defending the title. And then is Sting going to retire as champion or not? So, no. Again, it's shoehorned. As yep. you said, Vladi, one of the best things you ever said in a text. Tony doesn't book with a pencil. He books with a shoehorn. Great line. Phenomenal line. Thank you. And Brandon Danielson should have had a run on top by now. Yeah. And he should have had two or three or four pay-per-views he headlined as world champion because he's that good in the ring. They never did that. They never did it. And they never put a title on a lot of guys. And they squandered a lot of guys that could have made them a lot more money than they did. But great. Yeah. Sky Blue's dressing up like Maleficent from fucking Disney. Ooh, look at her. She has a little... Ooh. And Julia Hart won't even tell us what happened there. So secretive, those those dark goth chicks. <laughs> Neither one of them a goth either, by the way. Shoot. Oh, I got sprayed in the eyes. <laughs> so did like 300 other people, but you're the only two assholes that turn heel. What's yeah. the reason? It's the reason they got jerk offs. They got converted somehow. How come you were the only two assholes you could spray and you turn heels? Julia Hart. Yeah. I want Julia Hart and Sky Blue to tell me why are you the only two assholes who got sprayed with that stuff that turned heel? Why are you the two ones? You know who that's a great question for? It's Tony Khan. I'd love to see him explain that. I want Tony Khan to explain a lot of things. <laughs> it's pretty funny. All right, folks, thank you for listening here on Spotify. If you're on YouTube, thank you so much. And if you're a new subscriber, thank you so much. For Vladi Khan, this is Silicon Sea Valley. For High Spots and Cheap Pops, the very best in professional wrestling talk on the internet. That's who we are, and we will continue to be. So, for Vladi Khan, this is Silicon Sea Valley. From High Spots and Cheap Pops, here ended the lesson. <laughs>